everybody. Robert Young, Beyond Grit. How are you? Uh, so I'm back at it. I'm back with the guitar in my hand, and I'm trying to stay consistent with it. It's one of those things. It's kind of like the gym, where you're at the gym every single day, and then uh, you skip a day here, skip a day there, and all of a sudden it's uh, six months, and you haven't gone to the gym. But uh, that's kind of like uh, practicing the guitar. So I am committed to getting my scales down, to getting a little bit of a groove going um, with that. And uh, wish me luck because sometimes it's difficult and to get your fingers where they're supposed to go and play what it's supposed to play. You get frustrated and you just kind of keep going at it and going at it and going at it. But I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. This is the time. Um, it's, I'm going to make it happen. But uh, this week, my guest is Nate Poole. And Nate was a, he's a former NFL wide receiver. He played four years at the Arizona Cardinals, two years, New Orleans Saints, um, before getting injured. Six years into his career, he got injured, and it was a career-ending injury. Um, but we don't just sit here and talk about you know, football, we talk about how he got there, um, growing up and he was the third of five siblings. They lived in a one bedroom house. Let me say that again, a one bedroom house with five siblings, a mom and dad, and they did it without complaining. And, uh, he, because that's all he knew. And that's what he said. It's all I knew. And, um, he started playing football, uh, I believe when he was coming up into uh, high school, and he was kind of a cocky kid. I think uh, he he didn't get super serious with what he could do and what he could be like until college. Um, he he did play in four bowl games um, and was awarded first team All Mid American Conference honors three times. Um, he's got three daughters and an amazing wife. And now he is the wide receivers coach over at North Carolina A&T. Um, he is just, uh, an amazing guy and we had a great time together. So sit back. Here's Nate. Most stories of success usually focus on a person's highlight reel. In this podcast, those people will share what goes on beyond the curtain. You'll hear about their wins and losses and how those experiences created the grit and determination. There's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Beyond Grit with Robert Young. Thank you very much for sitting down with me today. This is yeah. going to be good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so what are you currently up to? Well, well, currently now, um, you know, that somewhat we got this... COVID deal under control a little bit, mm -hmm. I like to think. Uh, but right now, I'm just in the office coaching at North Carolina a &T, Okay. Down North Carolina a &T. This will be my first, I should say, real season. Uh, so I get to get on the sideline this year in um, August. Oh. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited. Have you been working with players yet over there? Uh, yes. Uh, we had spring ball. We had spring ball. Um, actually, our conference, um, the MEAC, have shut, shut it down. So we was in spring ball preparing to play because okay. uh, we was going to play in the spring. And, um, you know, they shut it down, was able to get some practices in. So I have some, I have some young, young men that can really yeah. move around. And 
I'm excited to see their growth. Uh, they grew a little bit over the spring, uh, but this summer I get to be hands-on with them uh, full time, you know, a second session of summer school. So I'm looking forward to that, and that happens in two weeks. So why did they, why were different schools um, have different schedules? So some of them ran regular. They were like, we're just yeah. going to do this. Some of them took their season and decided to start it in the spring mm -hmm. and roll it out. And then what happened here? So Yeah, yeah um, you know, our conference decided to move it to the spring. Um, again, when I came in, the uh, decision was already made and we knew we was going to be in the spring. Uh, so we was preparing for that. Uh, but what, 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 the reason it's different teams was, you know, uh, conference is really what it was. It wasn't schools. It was their conference. Okay. And some schools did opt out. Um, like we was in it to play, you know, because, you know, competing always bring out, you know, the best in people. So we was competing to play. And when the conference decided to do that, um, we had teams that fought back, you know, said that we're going to find teams out of conference and play. And some teams did in our conference. Uh, South Carolina State got a game in. Um, I want to say I'm not sure the Central, but I, I'm not really not sure about Central. But So some teams did play outside of conference. Okay. Uh, but we didn't. You yeah. know, we didn't go out looking because we was thinking a healthier player makes yeah. me a better coach. How was the? Uh, how were the the players? I, it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. You know, because they they come to college to compete, right? You know, they come to get a degree, but you know, the reason they signed on with us, right, to have a chance to go and play in the celebrate um, celebration bowl, to go and play in bowl games, you know, to play in the playoffs, which this year will, since we moved to um, the Big South. We'll be playing in the playoffs, so you know. So they was really upset, and 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 it was it was hard keeping them guys focused, you know, and understanding. Right now, it's all about your schoolwork because nothing changes with the NCAA. Yeah, you know, if you don't have your hours after the fall or the uh, spring season, you can't play. So that was hard, and 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 right now we feel like they're back on track and everything's moving like it was two years ago. Uh, it had to be crazy hard for the seniors i mean imagine working your way up here now you're a senior and getting mm -hmm. your senior season you know and, and i have to applaud the ncaa for allowing uh the seniors to come back and play so this year this COVID year didn't happen okay you know, right? guys that even played uh conferences that played they still allowing their guys their seniors to come back you know but now Coach is the coach's decision, you know. Okay. So, which so you can't say it's it's bittersweet, yeah. You know, because some guys is not gonna come back, come back you know. Um, but it's guys that's gonna come back and they're gonna be bigger, stronger, and older. So it should be a lot of good football coming up in the fall, yeah. Because you have older guys, you know yeah. that you know if everything's fell in place, they would be NFL guys or they'll be over playing in Canada, uh, Canada for playing in Canada. Okay. You know? So, so what, what do you guys do right now in the interim? Like, um, right now we, you know, the guys, what the guys are doing now, they're with the strength coach. Okay. So we do not have, we do not have anything, um, um, dealing with the guys. We'll come in and we'll meet with them. We're only allowed two hours a week oh. with them. And the strength coach is the strength coaches team right now for the next I should say for the next four weeks, 
Okay. So it's his team, and it's been his team for the last four weeks as well. Okay. You know, so they've been hitting spring, the gym and uh, just boom. Speed, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Strength okay. coaches deal. Do they? Do you guys kind of take these these guys and put a leash on them a little bit? And so you're working out, and this is what you're going to eat, and this is what you're going to do. Or is it this is what you need to do and mm-hmm. how you handle that? Yeah, every step, every step that they they take, you know, they have a plan. It's a plan. It's okay. not the guys is not just on campus. You know, the, the strength coach set a time they go. To, no, it's meal prep. You have to come go to breakfast, lunch, dinner. You have to eat snacks throughout the day. Like that's yeah. a must, right? Yeah. And if you're not doing those things, you know, it's consequences. Yeah, to it, so. man. So. Um, what were you doing prior to moving over to oh, bef- A&T? Before I got to A&T, A&T I was at Wingate yeah. uh, with uh, Joe Wright. How was that? Um, oh, great. It was wonderful. It was my first collegiate coaching job, yeah. and I was there for two years. Okay. That was awesome. Taught me a lot. I um, Actually, it's funny. I was the wide receiver coach, return specialist, right, yeah. coach, and also the equipment manager. I'm talking budging. I'm talking inventory. I'm talking every day yeah. from I'll get up at 4.45. I get over to the facility at 5.30, and my day is going, you know. And I try to break it up. Yeah. Equipment, I'll go four hours with equipment, and then I'll jump into what I like doing, yeah. coaching football. So. Oh, my God. It, the equipment is – all right, so here's a question, and this is probably me just being ignorant to football, but you look at it and you look at their their shoes and the helmets and everything. Is that new? Like every single time they go out there every week? You know, it, it's it's uh, not every week. Um, okay, we take in the off season. Um, we was we dealt with Rodell, mm-hmm. the helmet company. So when when every year at the end of the season, Rodell comes in and they pick up all the helmets. They take every piece off, they sterilize it, they clean it, they repaint it. Okay. And then they ship it back. Oh. Oh, it's cool. Like, I, wow. I had no idea, right? Yeah. Until I took the position and, and Coach Wright told me that, you know, in order to have this position, you will have to start with equipment. Okay. Uh, so, so, but it, it, it was pretty cool. And the shoulder pass the same way. Um, now, the, the challenge was keeping stuff in house. Because yeah. once these kids come and I'm upstairs getting ready for my football meeting and they're moving around the locker room and you know how much we love apparel. Well, those yes. kids love apparel. Yes. So, you know, that was challenging trying yeah. to keep them away from the, the cookie jar. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. That's all, you see out here, I've got all my stuff. Yeah. I like taking it. It's memories. Memories. Yes, memories. indeed. So, um, you know, let's go Let's go back to kind of like your beginnings. when When you were younger – was football um, your sport, or did you play like a whole bunch of different sports coming up? Yeah, I did. Um, I, have, I have five siblings. Okay. Three brothers and two sisters. Where do you fit so in the mix? I'm the, in, in the middle. Right I'm in the, the middle. Child. And I was, you know, that's the reason I was number three at Marshall. Uh, so Okay. Um, but, but, you know, in, in, in um, early, early ages, middle school, I, you know, I did everything. Any sport that was going on. I did it. My dad and mom kept us in sports, kept us busy. Okay. You know, it wasn't you have to do it, right? But they allowed us to do what we wanted to do. Like for a long time, basketball, I mean, excuse me, football wasn't my thing. 
but I did basketball. I always driven the basketball. I always have a basketball with me. That and you know, track was something to keep us in shape. Yeah. Um, but basketball and football was the thing in Danville, Virginia, to do. So basketball was my sport. My older brother was a really, really good football player, and he was the center and the defensive end. So I was like, man, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I'm gonna play football. Big bro play. He gonna take care of me. Yeah. I'm gonna play because I was really, really small, like. 140 as a sophomore. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was small. I graduated at 167, high school. Woo. Yeah. And then you started, then in, in college, you started putting in the meal plan, the preps, the, the snacks, the breakfast, lunch, the dinner, the snacks, the late snacks that you have to eat. Yeah. Yeah, they put me on a meal plan. And um, guys went from, I got there at 167. After my first year, I was 185. After my second year, I was 195. Then I went from 195 to 205. I finished off at 210. Wow. Yeah. And it didn't affect your speed or anything like that? No, it got faster. Just faster. You know, um, you know, with routine, you know, you get on a routine and you're, you're, you're lifting and you're running and you're really straining yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So when, when you start eating like that and you're not straining yourself, you're not going to get faster. And, and not only faster, you you're going to look pudgy. Pudgy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so did your, um, did your older brother go on to play football? Well, in no, no, you know, no, he, he, um, he went to school. Um, he went to community college and finished up. Okay. His, uh, finished up and he's a plumber. Okay. Actually, he has a plumbing business in, in, in Danville. And probably now. busier than he oh, can man, even he's imagine. Super, super busy. And, and, you know, and he hired one of my brothers, um, as, okay. you know, he's the guy that really, I shouldn't say run it for him, uh-huh. but he's the the goddess on um, yeah. on site. Oh, so that's pretty cool. It is. It is. You it know, is. it's so funny nowadays. Um, everybody poo poos the trades, or they did. They did. There was there was a big time when the trades. Everybody needed to go to college, so mm-hmm. we didn't look at the trades, and now we need tradesmen and tradeswomen. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that, you, you can't find them. Electricians are super busy, HVAC guys, plumbers. Um, I I think I, I love the the blue collar thing. Yeah, you and, know, and, and my grand my grandfather. You know, it's it's funny because I you know you think back. You know, once you look back on your life now and where mm-hmm. your brothers and you know where your siblings stand and what they're doing, he was always with my grandfather doing stuff at people's house fixing stuff you know and and he it was like one day he was like hey i'm that's what i like to do i'm gonna be a plumber and he just ran with it and it blew up and now he the city he's on the city's call list you know how Ah, there you go so now it's it's a big deal yeah big deal so when did you when when did you realize that um like i i've got a pretty good gift here to play ball oh man did you realize it or did, did other people kind of see it? You know, you know, growing up, I, I all from middle school, I always, you know, guys was like, Nate, oh man, you gotta see Nate play. You know, you gotta see Nate. This this kid right here can jump. This kid's fast. I never I you know, I just thought it was something to do. Like I never looked at it at growing up like I'm gonna go to the NFL or I'm gonna play in the NBA. That that never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, my junior year in college, uh, Randy left to go to the league, mm-hmm. and me and him, 
um, Randy Moss. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. So me and him, we we was always together. When the when the scouts came in town, he goes over there, and I was with him, and they asked about asked him about me, and I was in the back of the room. Uh huh. And he was like, "Come over." And when I came down, they started talking to me, and I was and they was like, you know, and I played both sports. In college, I played basketball and football, and it's like, you know, we know you're a dual sport guy, and um, you can make some money playing football. And that's when I decided to let basketball go, okay. focus on football, and then, and then the, go. the rest was history. And you know, was able to get picked up by the Cardinals. Yeah, and that's what you know. And um, so, but I never, and I never understood people that when 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 you're going through the process. I never understood people that always said, I'm going to play in the National Football League. When every Sunday you see these guys, you'll see them one year out there, the next year you don't see them because they got released. But 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 I'm telling people that I'm going to play at the highest level of football and I'm still at college, still in college. Not only am I in college, I'm at Marshall. Yeah. At the time, I'm not at the Florida States, the Miami, the Georgias. I'm at Marshall. Yeah. Randy, Chad Pennington, Byron Lafwich, they don't come around a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, mentally, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that I didn't think I had any skills, because believe me, I'm overly confident in yeah. what I can do. <laughs> but you see these guys and they're next level, like they're generational talent, you know? Yeah. And so my, my junior year, which was uh, Chad Pennington's last year, um, it was my time to be the man. So I stayed up there, I worked my butt off, and I had scouts telling me that I can play in this league. And that's what changed my mentality. Okay. And I, you know, and a lot of a lot of other things happened with, you know, um my mentor telling me, you know, don't look for the future. Fix what's in front of you. The future's coming. Okay. If you take care of that's what's in front of you, you know, the right now, you're gonna be fine. And that what that's why every day is one percent better to me. And I preach it to my kids, my wife. We get one percent better, three hundred sixty-five days a year. That's a that's lot. That's huge. That's a lot. So I preach that, and I live that. You know, when I played, and now that I'm coaching, that's it. I'm gonna get my group one percent better. Yeah. So and that's that's where I stand. That's really good that you know somebody. So who's your mentor? Uh, Huey Perry. Huey yeah. Perry. Uh, he he um, he had a lot of business in Huntington, West Virginia. He was the big green, and uh -huh. that's how I met him. You know, and, and it's funny because we, you know, the players show up, the big green show up, they show us a lot of attention, and me and him just for whatever reason we just connected, and I felt myself going to his office and talking to him. Yeah, an older man too. Um, he's right now he's eighty seven. At the time, he was probably 61, yeah. you know. You know, as a young kid, you're like, God, at least 61. Yeah, you now know. Now 61. Uh, that's now, pretty. That's oh, that, that ain't super old. young. Oh, no, no. yeah, that's not, you know. No. <laughs> but um, him, him, uh, Hue, Huey and Jill Perry, man, they're like a mom and dad to me, yeah. my family as well, never with them, and they just show love. Yeah. And, and still to this day. To it's this amazing. Day, I'll call them. Right? It's amazing you find somebody that will have that effect on you that all of a sudden you start believing in you, mm -hmm. you know, it, and, and it takes somebody to latch on to say like, you can do, do this. this. Yeah. yeah. Like, like don't go crazy. Like you can do this, yeah. get a little bit better. And this, and all of a sudden you look at them and you're like, 
okay. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start doing it and you know, you're like the kid looking back like, yeah. oh my God, I just did that. Mm-hmm. And it just took somebody to kind of make you start believing in yourself. And, and, and um, you know, I grew up uh, one bedroom home. With six, yeah, with six, six kids and mom and dad. Obviously, they had the the, the bedroom. One. Yeah, and uh, my sister, my sister, and um, I had two sisters. My oldest and my younger sister. They had a bed, and me and my me and my brothers. Now we just roughed it out. We roughed it out on the couch. Roughed it out on the floor, till I got the marshal. You know, and. Um, yeah, my uh, this story can go on. We we can go on for, for so hours a, and hours. That's a big story, though. Yeah, you know, um, right? Sixteen holes in my roof, snowed, rain. We had to get coolers and dump it in the tub. And I never let my brothers and sisters do it since I was a legit. I never did. And one day, I was dumping, it, and I remember because it was Thursday night. Was going into Friday night for basketball, and my dad. I'm going into the day for basketball. My dad was like, "You're you're special." So you're special. You never complain. You always do it. You know, if I ask to do something, if you're around it, you're gonna do it. Yeah. He said, and that's he said that's special. He said, if you keep that up, you're gonna be something special in this life. And you know, and, and not saying just because I made it to the NFL, I'm special. Because I think my brother, my siblings are really, really special people. Yeah. To their circle. Right. You know. So. But that's big as a as a kid growing up in those circumstances and but looking back was it the you didn't know any better you didn't know any it was life it was just that that's what we do Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know and i i get nervous for for our kids because our kids are growing up way beyond what we grew up right and my and i know my daughter tells me stories and she used to be fixated on this thing when we would go on trips and she's like well i want to be a teacher when i grow up and i was like be a teacher she's like but if i'm a teacher i'll never be able to afford to go on trips and take my kids on trips like that and we're like they won't know like they they you they only know what's in front of them yes and i said you're okay and and don't worry about it and this is this is weird to us too like we never yes, no, thought no we'd question. be sitting in here no, either. No question. And that's exactly how me and my yeah. wife, we had these conversations all right. the time. You know, like, are we doing too much? Are we hurting our kids? Right. But you make a good point. You know, they don't know because we didn't know. No. That was perfect yep. to me and yep. to us growing up. Our way, the way we grew up was perfect. Yeah. You know, we figured it out, you know, and, and, and made us tougher. Yeah. You know, made us tougher. But... You know, and me and my wife had that conversation. Are we doing too much? And I'm like, no, they're, they're part of us. Right. Personality-wise, they're going to be us, right? They're right. going to be spiritually. They're going to be us, right? And they're going to try, like we did, to make their child livelihood better than this. Right. You know? So I like to think that's the way it's going to be. I know. You know? I like to think that. So. And, you, and you never know. And, and I try to because... You know, the kids growing up around here, you know, get a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So I I try to instill still some of those values and, and work and mm-hmm. you're, because you're going to have bills when, when you're done with school. So I didn't want to all of a sudden 
bam, you're lashed with all these bills. So I try to slow roll them into yeah. having to pay for stuff and having to be responsible. And, and um, slowly but surely, you know, they're getting there. But, but that is a fear because mm -hmm. you don't want to give them so much now and then set them off into the world and all of a sudden they can't handle it it's or they're shock. dependent yeah you. they're dependent yeah and, and it's a shock yeah like you know and then and then you know to me as a father all girls yeah yeah <laughs> to me as a father I, I don't want them to think that men me and their mom let them down because we didn't share our past yes. with them and they think this is who we are yeah. you know regardless they see my siblings and they see how my, my brothers and sisters live yeah but, you know, they live okay. Yeah. You know, they and, and live they're, okay. Yeah. So, What do you think about sports nowadays? Because when we were talking about before, when I was playing sports coming up as a kid, and we had the Little League, Rec League, and mm -hmm. you'd sell candy bars to get your uniforms and <laughs> yes. go play, and you played local. And, mm -hmm. and they did have the, um, the travel teams, and the travel teams were like for the, the good kids, you yeah. know? And, and sports now, and, and I don't know if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, but it's, um, it's a big business. Like sports is big business and, now. And, 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 it, and it hurts me to say, and we're talking youth, mm -hmm. and it hurts me to say business and sports when I'm talking youth. You know, business yeah. and sports is professional. Right. It's a business, right? Youth is not a business. It's kids having fun. But when what we do is we take the fun out of it for the kids, and now the parents is getting more out of it than the kids. And that's yeah. the problem. I think that's the problem. Instead of pushing your kid, and if they don't play, you move them. If they don't play, you put them on another team so they can get playing time. What was the lesson? Yeah. You know, and that that's 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 how I feel about the way youth sports is going, and it's so much money, tons of money that you're dishing out to the. Everybody has, everybody has a, I don't know, a workout place. Everybody has a a a, a friend you need to train with him because he can make you bigger, faster, stronger. No, let them kids do. Like um, over in Optimus Field, they yeah. have the Titans. They have the flag football league. Let them kids do, because personally, my kid, if I had a son, he would play flag football until you can't play flag football no more so he'll understand the sport. Right. You know, instead of throwing him in tackle because he's big. Okay, but his mind is still the same right. as this little 13-year-old. He just a big 13-year-old. And now we scare kids away from sports because – hitting coaching is not the same people is doing it to get money they they'll coach and then they'll train these kids and say well if you give me x amount of dollars i'll train you and i and, and i it, it gets on my nerves because i train receivers mm -hmm. you know before i got into collegiate coaching i was training receivers i didn't charge and i got guys that went to college and to the nfl yeah. and i didn't i didn't charge those guys because it was a my passion these kids was my passion. Like, I love to see someone develop. They learn, develop, and they take it on with them. Yeah. And now, you're That's gone. good. And, you know, and maybe you'll do it to another kid that need it, that can't afford to do 
right. to get paid. Even the kids that can afford to do it, you don't. It, it, it's 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 just heartbreaking sometimes when I go to the field with my daughter and I see these guys over here training these kids. Yeah, yeah. Come on now, some kids is three and four. Yeah, Come I think now. you and I have the kind of the same yeah, philosophy. Man. It's it's just you know it, it seems like it takes the sport and the learning away from it you know because there's something else for somebody, somebody else out else. here all the mm-hmm. training camps all the the different things um like even um in high school ball these kids have two weeks off like it's not mandatory that you come back but if you don't come back and train in the gym hmm, yeah we'll you, see what you, happens your, your spots taken. yeah yeah your spots taken so, you know, I don't they know. can't they can't say mandatory too loud now but it's uh mandatory so what do you think you know is can you can you train to gain talent or do you need to have the talent and then you just put training there and it betters that talent you know what i'm trying to say like like if i'm okay at ball mm-hmm. and i go out there and and play can i train to be great or do I have to be pretty good and then train on up? What do you? Th- I, I think I think your your talent is your talent mm-hmm. from the time you're five. Your talent is your talent. Now you can train to get a better skill set. You know I yeah. can train you to run a route. I, I can train you to keep your arms tight. I don't think I can train you for what God gave you. You know, yeah. if, if that was the case, everybody in the world would be Randy Moss, freakish talent, yeah. Odell Beckham, you know, Tom Brady's skill set. You know, they, we'll be getting that every every year. We'll be like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. But no, it's not that way. I think you can train those guys to be fundamentally sound. And then if you train them to be fundamentally sound, it's gonna take over because of their skill set. Then you get your three stars, your four star kids. That's you know I don't I don't I never say I never I don't even think a kid can train to be faster. Your technique will speed you up, but far as your talent, no. Come yeah. on, you 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 are who you are. You just get bigger, stronger in your skill set because the guys that don't work hard. You'd be like, oh, he's a, he's got a lot of talent, but he don't work hard. Well, why that talent is not playing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's how I feel about that. So how was it, you know, we'll go, you know, I'm going to take a leap and we'll go to like your NFL. How was it when you, when you got in? Oh, uh, I mean, man. Well, well, first of all, um, my story coming out of Marshall, my, my junior yeah, year, let's, let's my junior year, I was projected uh, late second, early third. Coach Bob Pruitt, which was my um, college head coach, uh-huh. you know, he, he he liked to say he talked me into coming back, but who I am as a person, they did so much for me that wasn't even a question because it was a great experience. It was a family experience. So it was like I was leaving my family. And then Byron Lafwich got involved. Uh-huh. And we talked. It would have been his first it, it was his first year starting. Okay. So obviously, you know, he was like, come on, Nate. And me and him was real close. So came back. Um uh so when that season ended, uh Arizona 
end of the draft, Arizona called me. It was like, we're going to pick you in the last pick. You're going to be Mr. Relevant. And uh, the way the boy got shuffled around at the end, this big-time tight end from BYU fail down to that slot. Uh. So they called. It was like, we're sorry. We're going we're gonna to pick him up, well, this tight end up, but we definitely want you into our camp. You was a draft pick for us. You know, going on and on. Yeah. Um, we know you're 70%. Hamstring. So I tore my hamstring at the combine. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we know you're 70%, but we definitely want you in the camp. Goes in the camp, first day. Crazy story. Now, I know the NFL players are big. I mean, you watching them on TV and your eyes, as a kid, your eyes, as a young man, your eyes is so big looking at the TV. I walk in to, uh, you know, sign my deal. I go in the locker room, get my locker. It had D. Boston beside me uh-huh. okay so i uh sat down I'm like i wonder who's because they didn't have receiver linebacker they just had d Look, boston just okay. the names right and then i like the locker rooms today locker rooms today is like a palace yeah uh so i'm i'm looking laughing right david gonna kill me but david comes out the shower uh-huh. right he's just lotioning down <laughs> he's got his lotion got his t- half towel on he's doing his deal right yeah he comes and sit beside me. I said, hey, man, how you doing? He was like, hey, I'm doing great. I said, what position you play? He said, I play wide receiver, David Boston. I said, oh, man, nice to meet you. When I left there, I'm walking by the weight room. I said to myself, I said, I'm in trouble. He was 200, he was 6'3", 230 pounds. Yeah. I was 6'1 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> 210 pounds. I was like, and him, can you imagine that size sitting beside me on a little stool? Yeah. And he's, sta- yes, and he's standing up. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so um, that right there was my first eye opening, like, you know what? This is going to be real. Um, get out there on the practice field, never played special teams at Marshall. Never played special teams. I mean, when I say never played, Never even went through drills. Yeah. Never been through a tackling drill. When you get to the NFL, you're not just a receiver. You're a special team guy that tackles, blocks, cuts, pull, yanks, the whole nine. Oh. My first rep, and you can see a scar on the left side of my eye. My first rep was at on punt team at Gunner. Gunner is the Guy that lines up wide and two vice guys be on top of him. Two of the players, they line up on top of him and stop him to from getting to the punt return. Okay. I may I got 10 yards, but it felt like I ran 200 yards. They beat me down, threw my helmet off. I'm thinking I'm sweating. I'm wiping my face. It's blood. blood. <laughs> so, but I'm still trying to get to the football. They blow the whistle. I come back. Coach pulled me to the side. He said, hey, I like that. He said, but let the veterans go first and you watch how we do things. Because I'm so used to going. it's time to go. I'm jumping up there first. Here we go. Okay, get to the football. Sounds easy. Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to come out with a black eye and a scar on my face on one rep. So then I had to go through the whole practice like that. So, But that's my experience. But it was talent-wise. Marshall was um, a profession. We we had a professional offense, so our offense was ran 
just like the Cardinals, just different terminology. Everything was formation, motion, just the terminology was different. Okay. The whole play that's 10, 10 words long, yeah. you know, the same thing was at Marshall. So from the mental part, wasn't hard for me. The physical part was every play matters, even in practice. Kids see that Odell Beckham making that one-hand catch. That's in practice. Yeah. It's just was on ESPN because it was game day. You know, and, and it took me a while to understand that because I'm watching David Boston go 100 miles an hour. I'm watching Frank uh, Frank Saunders go 100. Rob Moore, these guys, and Rob Moore was 13 years in. Frank was 11. And these guys was going as if this was their first year because not for long. The old saying, what they say about the NFL, not for long. And they was veterans, and they understood that I – was coming in to take their – but yeah. me, it, for me, I wasn't thinking that because I'm so young in the game and you just out there playing. Yeah. You know, you like, shoot, I, I'm going to make this team. So you're just playing, not looking at the veterans early on like the way they did things. Mm. And um, when it got close to cuts, uh, Ron Moore put me to the side and he was like, hey, you're doing a great job regardless of what happened here. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm gone. You're gone. David can even be gone. Yeah. It's just all about money. You know, he's explaining to me the business part of it, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Because the the fun part of football was just two years for me. Okay. Everything else became a business. Yeah. So when it become a business, you know, when you have to do something in sports, it's not fun. You know, like I had to do this. I had to make sure I line up and, and, and you know, go hard every time, I guess. You know, it it it, it changed. It changed yeah. a lot from, I'm about to be in the NFL. Yeah. Hey, bro, bro, bro. I seen, I seen J Jake Plummer. I seen, I seen Tom, uh, 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 Thomas Jones. Like, people that we know. Yeah, I'm telling them, you know, it was fun. And then when the business part hit, it then turned it into co-worker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and 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 that that part of it what wasn't fun. Uh but I enjoyed every time I was blessed to be in the locker room. Oh my gosh. I enjoyed it. Met met so many good people. Um uh one of my favorites to this day is Emmett Smith. Yeah. To this day, man, he is a awesome guy. Nobody beats Chad Pennington, but Emmett's an awesome guy. Man. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Chameleon, you would think on that on that level, you would think he take his Ferrari and pull off. No, he's in everybody's car, jumping in and out of everybody's car. Before me, me, him, and my wife sat in the car my last year in Arizona. Every uh, away game, we sat in the car and joked on people's dress. Yeah. The way they was dressed, they dress code, you know. Yeah. So that right there is gonna go forever for, for me. Yeah. Cause my daddy can't stand Emmitt Smith. Oh he's no, a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's a Redskins fan. Uh, oh, the uh, Washington team. Yeah, yeah. They. Uh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> we um. So what? That's you know that's interesting, and that was one of the things I was talking to Nev about, and. And I said, your story would be kind of good because I, I think everybody feels it when it goes into the business aspect. And all of a sudden, you're like, 
man, am I going to be back next year? Every single year. And it's sad. Or am I going to have to move? Am I going to get traded? And how does it, how do you deal with that as a family? You know, me, me, me and Nav, um, my wife, Neville, um, mm-hmm. me and her, we was, we always had started our relationship was long distance because I was, I met her. She was here working in Charlotte. I was a rising junior at Marshall. So we always had to travel to see each other. So when I left Marshall to go to uh, California to train, same thing, long distance. You know, I went to Hermosa Beach to train for four months. It was long distance. After I left Hermosa Beach, Arizona picked me up. I went out there for the OTAs and getting the place ready, and then she came out there. So it was always like that, and we never thought about, oh, what if you get traded here? What if you get traded there? We just, what's in front of us, you just we're going to max it out. And then everything else, the future coming, but it's coming with me yeah. ready. It's not coming with me, oh, man, you know, and, and oh, man, we got to go over here. No, this is where God sent us. We're going to go over here. We're going to max this out and figure it out. We're going to figure it out, you know? So yeah. that's how we was. So we never get got caught up in the, we're going to get dragged, you know, we're going to have to move over here. Or you we just kind of dealt with what we you just, did. We're right here, and this is where we're going to stay. We're gonna, we're, this is where we're going to be. We're going to max this out, and then when we go over there, we're going to max that out, you know? How'd you guys meet? Oh. Now my wife would be like, I can't believe you didn't ask how they met. Okay. No, How'd no, no, no problem. Meet? We get, oh man, I get this all the time, especially because you, you met, you met. Oh, I love her. Yeah. She's, you know, great lady and, 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 and bubbly, yes. you know? So, um... My cousin, my cousin was dating her close friend. Okay. And I used to come in town, and I, when he take, took me over her house, I seen pictures of Nell. And I was like, when am I going to meet this lady? Like, no, I said, who is this? She was like, that's my best friend. I was like, yes. Yeah. When am I going to meet her? She was like, I'm not going to take you over there. And she don't like young boys. And you have a little girl. And she said that when we talking that she do not want to marry a man that has a kid. Okay. You know, she okay. you know, it was one of her, you know, everybody how they deal, right? Yeah. So long story short, my brother my cousin's birthday, we're riding around, we're celebrating, and for whatever reason, we end up on Nell's side of town. And she was like, Let's go see Neville. Now this was weeks, maybe months later. She was okay. like, let's go see Neville. So she totally forgot. Yeah, and you're like. Ooh, I was driving. Yeah. If I could have double fist pumped, I would have. <laughs> so we pulls up over there. I go in, and this is this is a good one. I go in, and she asks, you know, you guys want something to drink? Me and my cousin was like, sure. She goes to the refrigerator. What you guys want? Any tea or water? She's like, let's get some tea. She gave me a full glass of tea and gave my cousin a half a glass. And I took off from there. I said, that was, that was my chance. I said, <laughs> see? I and looked at her friend. I said, I told you she was going to like me. She gave me a full glass of tea and gave Mike, she'd been knowing for a while, a half a glass. And everybody giggled and laughed it off. Icebreaker. Yeah. So, and ever since then, me and my baby was rolling. Oh, man. We've been tight. And, um, man, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a man. Isn't it funny, though, person. how you meet the person 
you know, like, so, so you had, you had a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And you think that's a game killer, mm-hmm. game killer. When, um, when I met my wife, um, I was married. Oh. Yeah. So 19 years old, married <laughs> out of high school. Don't know what I was thinking. Hold on, Rob. Yeah. You got married. Married. At 19. 19. I'm going to say this. You're the man. <laughs> no way. You're the man. 19, you're 19. the man. Can you imagine? My son's 18. My daughter's 20. I can't imagine them being married. I got married. That lasted for like a year. I met her. I was still married. And it was one of those, I met her at my buddy's house. And it was kind of like you see in the picture. I was like, I was like, who? Who is that? Yeah. And you know, and then I I got separated and then bam, we've been together ever since. Like you know it. Oh no. Like, uh, I knew it. You know like Rob, she's the one. Yes, and you know, Rob, I man, I wasn't there in my life when I met Neville. I wasn't at that point Mm-mm. in my life. But not one time since that first glass of tea. Yeah. I I seen myself with her. Yeah. The rest of the time. I've not it, like it was like I can't see myself. I I don't see myself without I mean, you know yeah. my nickname to Nev is Bay. Bay. Like I said I don't see myself without Bay. Yeah. You know? And 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 I wasn't there. I wasn't there in my life. I was not and she'll tell you. She'll tell you like our conversation she know. She knew that I wasn't there. Yeah. You know? And and and, and you know bless her heart. Yeah. Well, she saw something, you saw mm-hmm. something, and, you know, and that's an awesome combination when people feel that, you know, mm-hmm. I can't see myself without her, you know, with, yeah. without Nicole, and um, that's a good, lucky. Yeah, that's what I say, man. Oh, yes. Lucky. Yes. yes. Um, I, and it was so funny, one of the things that she wanted to know, so I, I let her, like, rip down a lot of these mm-hmm. questions. Like, yeah. But it was, you know, um, but just life as playing on the road. So you had a, you had a younger daughter, mm-hmm. and then, um, were you married? And did you have kids with Nev? Did you have young kids when you were in the NFL? Yeah, I'm, I, me and Neville's first child. I was my. It was my third year third in year. Arizona. Okay. Yep, it's my third year in Arizona. Um, you know, for our first two years, well, going into my third year, our first two years, we, you know, we, you know, just enjoyed each other. Yeah. You know, and it was like we said earlier, it was long distance. So, so um, you were used to that. So mm-hmm. as the family life, it's, it's kind of used to it, which is good. Yeah. Like the fire department. So we, people are like, how can you be a gone? And how do you, you know, you're gone for 24 hours. And it's just what you're used to. Yeah. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what? So now you're now you're on the coaching side. So you <laughs> you spent the um, you spent four years with the Cardinals and two in New Orleans. New Orleans. And how was that? Did you like being over there or in, in Arizona? In Arizona, yeah, I I, I, I really liked Arizona because it was an older team. Uh-huh. Uh, well, well, excuse me. At the time, I you know. When you first come in, you're like, man, this is a whole lot of older guys. Yeah, everybody's married, every function. Yeah. You know, um, you seeing kids, you seeing 
families that's been married 11 years. You know, yeah. you're seeing all that. And I said, you, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, this team, oh, right? Mm -hmm. um, but loved it. Loved it when I left because, you know, you, you never know what you got until yeah. you leave. You know, and then when I went to New Orleans, it was party time. Okay. It was a lot of young guys trying to feel their way through as if what I was, you know, what yep. I was doing. So trying to feel they still trying to figure out where they at in this league, like yeah. who, at, who who they are. And it was, camaraderie night was everywhere. Yeah. You name it, that's what the offense picked. We was uh. bouncing around the city. Yeah. Man, I'm talking one time we even went to Baton Rouge. That's the whole offense. What? Yeah. So it was wild, you know. And, you know, you look back and, you know, obviously do – could have did things different. Yeah. You know, um, got, you know, got down there and um, I'm not a guy that's just going to fit in. I'm not a guy that's just going to say, just because you act like that, I'm going to act like this. And, you know, the team was young. They was partying. Obviously, some stuff mandatory that you have to go to or you got to foot the bill. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I was doing that, but I seen how different it was when I was in Arizona to New Orleans. New Orleans. It was like night and day. Now, it was none of them bad. But it was just night and day. Just you know? different. Um, you know, prefer Arizona. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You know, um, New Orleans was a great place at the time. I thought that was a good, you know, when I chose to go down there, I thought that was going to be good for my career because they, they had Joe Horn. And Joe Horn, Joe Horn was, um, they didn't know if they was going to pay him all that money or they was going to let him go. So I was like, all right, let me get down there. Yeah. And once I get down there, you know, can figure it out, things that happen, um, you know, they'll extend my deal, my contract. And um, I got down there, unfortunately, horse collar tackle, yeah. took me out, trifecta, in and out of my knee, um, you know, and, and, and learned a whole lot at throughout that game in general. Yeah. That little voice was in my head the whole game because I talked to my agent and I at the end of that year, they was going to let Joe go. Uh-huh. And me and Dante Stallworth was going to get the money. Okay. And instead of me, and, and that's why I say I learned from that game, staying here, this is where I'm at. When I heard that from my agent, mentally, uh, I was already at the bank dropping yes, that check off. Doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, on that play, and you know, you know yourself. So when things happen to you, especially in sports, you're like, man, that won't even me. Normally, I'll give the guy, shake him a little bit and try to outrun him. Yeah. This time, I was, man, I was just running straight. And then... Boom. Did you know it was done right then? No, no. no it was uh, actually it was 75 yards later. So I'm running up the sideline. The backside corner comes all the way over. Tillman, the yeah. play with the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man, I mean, um, Peanut. So... He dove, grabbed the back of my collar, his leg swung, put God the bottom part of my leg up in my um, hamstring. So um, didn't know. I'm still excited oh. because it was like a routine deal. It just I'm, I'm talking about clean. Okay. And um, I'm laying there. I go to get up, and I'm looking at Jim Haslett, the team, because they're chasing. Yeah, yeah. I look up, and everybody's face. They all knew. They seen it when they got over there. And everybody grabbed their face and looked away. 
and then I look down. Yes. And it, oh, I lost. I lost. Well, well, I've never been injured. Yeah. A bruise, maybe a bruise. Okay. That's all I've ever had my whole career. And that one injury Boom. took me out the game. Man. You know. So how does how does a player that that does that mm-hmm. how do they feel? I mean, did he reach out to you and was like me and me and me and Mark, me and uh, Tillman, yeah, we did a um, commercial together. Okay, in '03, um, week one, Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Minnesota's driving for the win. They throw the ball over to Randy. Peanut intercepts the ball. Tillman huh. intercepts the ball. Week one. Okay. Week seventeen, the last week of the year, I catch the game-winning catch mm-hmm. to put the Vikings out. Yep. Um, um, you know that that segment they had the main event, uh huh, and they did skits about certain things. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Uh, so they did a skit with me and um, Till Peanut. This was two years prior to me getting injured. Okay. So they did a skit. We did a commercial. We go to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay invited us, oh, invited sure. me out. Then you the get whole the key deal, to the, the city. Key to the city. <laughs> Um, you know, parades, uh, uh, appearances. It was the it was uh, rock star. Yeah, you know, uh, or I should say Tom Tom Brady ish. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, so we did a commercial, and throughout that commercial, uh, it was gambling. We we're gambling, and Mario. Uh, I keep calling Mario. Excuse me, Tillman. Tillman wins the pot. Right. Okay. I pulls out the key uh, to the city, and bet that. Okay. So we all in. Yeah. He wins. He wins the game. He grabs the key. My precious. Uh, the whole the whole what they was trying to, what they was trying to you know talk about you know through that throughout that commercial, it was week one, it's just as important. That's week 17. Yeah. And that was their whole story. Okay. And that's why they did that whole deal with me and yeah. Tillman. So me and him was cool. And, yeah. and when he got here, you know, when he played with the Panthers, I talked to him a lot. And, yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, um, he didn't reach out. But, you know, it's, it's, it's part football. Of the He's not, yeah. you know. And nobody's on that field to say, I'm, I'm going to intentionally hurt you. You yeah. know, back when me and Joe Green played and those, those older guys, man, you hurt the quarterback, you know. Yeah. Cut the head off the tail, gonna die. Yeah. You know. So, but you know, my error, you know, we're competing, we're competing, we're competing. It's no, I'm gonna hurt him. Okay. You know. So it just kind of just happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. And and um, you know, obviously, once I seen him here, we talked about it. He was like, man, dude, that was. He was like, man, when I seen you laying there, I thought it was routine, and then when I got back to um, Chicago. They told me that you uh, tore your ACL, MCL, you tore your knee up. And uh, he was like, man, that hurt me for a while. He was like, Nate, that hurt me for a while. Then, you know, yeah. I met you, what, two years ago? Yeah. So, he's a cool, cool guy, though. Cool yeah. Guy. Cool guy. Real cool guy. Uh, so, how was it when you, so now you're, now you're done. Well, what do you, what do you do? Like, how were those years? Like, what did you? The transition into, yeah. from, from being a, you know, a player, a player to, to not now. Mm, now, you know, 
if it wasn't for Nev, I probably would have lost it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She always, always was the backbone. Mm-hmm. You know, things that, and then she didn't play professional sports, but she was an athlete. So things that I dealt with, you know, times that I was like, dude, man, darn. You know, I'm, I'm, my, my first year, I'm, I'm 80-some percent hamstring. I tore my hamstring. I'm 80-some percent. I led the preseason in receptions and catches in the NFL, in, you know, throughout the league. Yeah. And I get a call my first year saying, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to sign you, but we're going to put you on the practice squad. And now that, I'm like, dude, what else you got to do? I mean. Yeah. You know, and, and um, so what's grateful, obviously grateful that I'm a part of the club in week seven. They put me up. Okay. And they made me active. Yeah. Yeah. So So if you would have taken a bad attitude, if you would have been like practice squad, Man, like whatever. Come on. Yeah. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's attitude. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Attitude. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna get better? What are you gonna do? Yeah. You but, know uh, go ahead. Go, you you know, I I, I um may I go off of this, this equation. E plus R equals O. Okay. Okay. Event. Plus response, your response equal your outcome. Yeah. When anything in life happen, you know, and, and I'm hoping I'm doing a good job of drilling this in my young ladies, my girl's head, mm-hmm. because your response to anything is everything. Yeah. You, don't it can be so bad, but if you stop and really think about when I if I respond this way, this gonna be the outcome. If I respond this way, this is going to be the outcome. You'll be so much better. It's hard, especially as a young, yeah. you know, a young person. But, you know, the older you get, you'll start understanding that. And, and I preach that to my kids. And every test that I give them, every time we watch film, they're going to see E plus R equals O because that's it. Yeah. Your next play is your best play. Yeah. And if you live by that, you're going to work for that next play to be your best play. So you're going to train. You're going to lift weights. You're going to eat right. You're going to do because your next play should be your best play. Isn't it? You know, and it's so simple. It's, it's sad. simple. Simple. Yes. It's simple. and But yet we, <laughs> we as human beings are very emotional. And you let those emotions take control of you. All of a sudden, it can lead you down this path, or or you can take a second, mm-hmm. and that's what Nicole's really good at, and and she can take a second and think about it before reacting and how I'm gonna. I used to go like go oh, off the handle like boom. Me too. And then you get wiser and you get older mm. and you get mature. Yes. And then you can kind of see it and how you're going to handle mm-hmm. the situation. I still do it. I'm, I'm going to be 49 this year. I still I still do it. And I still have to like pull myself back mm-hmm. a little bit. It doesn't happen as often as it used to. Right. But, but yeah, like, how are you going to do it? Because you got to do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. And nobody's going to come to your aid and say, Mm-mm. oh, well, Nate was just having a bad day. Sorry. No. No. No, you got you to gotta own it. And yeah control how you're going to react to it yes that's awesome yeah all right so so you got to the coaching and we'll talk about coaching a little bit and how (laughs) that's 
You're dealing with so many different personalities. How do you guys manage that? Because you're dealing with very talented individuals that you have to get them to see beyond their talent <laughs> and their ego and mm -hmm. see like this is how you gotta go and do it like how do you guys do that you know that that that's funny you, you you're gonna open this so they can open up with that question uh, that yes. is the hardest thing to figure out when i first got there i met with every last one of the kids individually mm -hmm. talked to them told them what i expect who i am as a coach right and how I expect them to come out to practice, meeting room, that and, and the, having a positive attitude, you know, everything's not going to be peaches and creams, mm -hmm. right? But you can have a positive attitude, right? You maybe you drop a ball, your head dropped. Why? Mm -hmm. You're going to get some more balls. Focus on catching the next one. So, but dealing with their these these personalities and they're they are so emotional now. These kids expect to be NFL players. Yeah. But a lot of them have a long, long, long ways to go. And telling them, and, 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 you know, thank God that I went through it. So it's easier for me and for them to look up to me. And if I say something, they're going to believe it because I did it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't have a pushback on anything when it comes to coaching and getting people to understand the right way to go about things. Because like my favorite saying is to those guys, I'm not a DB. I don't back paddle. When I say something, it's moving forward. Mm. I'm not going to back paddle and say, you do it this way. And then next week. We, hey, nah, nah, we're going to do it this way. No, it's written in stone. And a lot of them haven't had that, those those guys with those talents. They haven't had someone to be so firm with them. So they think their way is the best way, yeah. right? Or I did it so long, you, you recruited me, so evidently I have some talent. Yes, talent that don't work is just talent sitting there waiting to lose. Yeah, and yeah. Waiting to lose. Well, you you ever watch the shows on like the Netflix, like The Last Chance You and yes, and the, yes, that's my, my that's my daughter's favorite show. My sixteen year old. I look at those kids and 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 their kids, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you how do you see it? You know, as a coach, and you're watching that, and you're watching that talent, and you're like, mm, if you could just get this under control, you we can take you places does it frustrate you yeah it, it does because you lose kids mm -hmm. you, you i mean you lose kids you know you're you're trying your your damnness to 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 uh get through to these kids you're trying all different different types of teaching coaching you know you just different deals and they shaking their head no to everything you say they're giving you pushback because it's their way is the best way and and sometimes you have to, you know, let some of these kids go mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I keep trying. I keep trying. I can't get through to you. Right. I'm, I'm not doing you no justice. 
keep on trying. Me and you, keep, uh, we're going back and forth. We're going back and forth. I need to let you go and let someone, because maybe this next guy w- w- could could get through to you. Yeah. You know, and, and and you know, and as coaches, we feel like sh- it shouldn't be that with no kid. I should be able to figure out a way to get through. But after two years, you know, I you know, it's probably too long. Yeah. You know, but we'll do it as coaches. We'll keep fighting because we're competitive. Yeah. I can fix him. I can make him. This kid can be a a story. He came from where he came from. His situation is what his situation is. I can get him to the other side. But in the process, you lose a whole lot of kids mm. that got silverware in their hand and ready to eat. Whatever you put on the table, they just ready to eat it. Then you over here fighting with a with a guy. Every time you put cereal on the table, he smack it off because it ain't enough for him because he's he's steak. Yeah, he ain't a bowl of cereal. He's steak over here, so he knock it off the table. You know what I'm saying? So, so were you, know, you coachable? Were you always coachable coming up? No. Nah. Okay. No. Uh, no, um, I wasn't, and that was one of the things that, as you know, high school. That was one of the things that my high school coach or coaches would say to coaches. You know, mm-hmm. it's great talent. You know, he uncoachable at times. You know, and uh, reality set in uh, when you seeing guys at your school that. You know, you know, can't hold your jock. Mm-hmm. But these coaches come in offering them scholarship. These guys is getting scholarship offers, D2, D1, AA, D1. And you're yeah, sitting like- there with you. And um, my my high school football coach sat me down and told me, he said, he said, because I asked him, I said, no, ain't no, nobody, no basketball, no, like nothing. It's like, you're uncoachable. And and thank God it was it was early. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't my senior year. It was early. Tenth grade, eleventh grade, you know, because I played up, you know, so it was the seniors, juniors, they getting all everybody's coming in talking about them. No nobody you I mean, I'm a young guy now. You should come in and be like, Hey Nate, how you doing? Yeah. You're a great player. Nothing. Yeah. And uh he told me, he said, if you're not gonna be coachable, no one wanna take a chance on their salary dealing with you because they got to feed their parents. I mean, they, they kids. That's how they live. You think you're not coachable. They're not bringing you into their – putting you uh, – um, letting you be a part of their team. And I could never understand that, right? Did you not get it when he told no, you to? No, no. So it I, didn't resonate no. with you and go like, oh, and all of a sudden you're an after-school special and boom. No, it didn't. No. When did you finally – Gunner Brewer, Marshall University, he came in and told me. He said, listen, I love your talent. He said, and you're a good guy. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't know why you like to talk back to coaches. Mm-hmm. He said, but if you keep doing this, we want you We want you to be a part of Marshall University. And coach already told me, we're the only ones. Mm-hmm. And then once I had that conversation with a college coach instead of this high school coach, everything changed. Okay. You know, and I got down there and everything he said was true. So me and him 
you know, he taught me because I was a quarterback. He taught me how to play receiver. So we spent a lot of time together, and he's a great man. And actually, he's my mentor when it comes to receiver play. He's who I go see. He's who I go to all the camps. You know, he's the guy, Gunnar Brewer. Yeah. Awesome recruiter. Awesome recruiter. And um, he, he showed me the way. He's still showing me the way. He's, a, he's the um, receiver coach for uh, Louisville right now, University of Louisville. Yeah. So, man. Do you ever go, God, I wish I would have listened a little bit more in high school? You, you, or, or was this your plan? This was no, this I know. was your life plan. Like, this needed to happen to me. Because you, you, you found Marshall and you found this. And Marshall seemed like it was a you, family. And I would have never went to Huntington, West Virginia, if my past wasn't. If I didn't go through all this I went through, because they was the school that came in. And yeah. also told me I could play three sports, so, oh. you know. But that was it. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think that if you see me playing high school, yes, no, you'd be like, wait, no, 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 no. But it was. That's just what it was because, um, you know, that being a knucklehead mm-hmm. could have easily said, yes, sir, I got you, coach. Yes. Easy. Just say yes, I got you. I mean, I got you. Instead of saying, man, that ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably like, mm, yeah. yeah, no, no, this ain't gonna work. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, what you got? Two more years here, high school. Yeah, you know, oh, but um, they, they they stuck with me, and coach was still trying. Bless yeah. his heart, you know, he's he passed uh, my first year in Arizona. Uh, he passed over so five years after I left college. I mean, yeah, high school. High he school. Passed. Ed Martin. Yeah. Did he? Uh, did he ever reach out to you when you got into? Uh, into no, the NFL, you know, you know what? It it was in training camp. It was my oh, first was training camp when he, you know, um, he always told me, you know, people are put on this earth for a purpose, and when their purpose done, that's when he called us home, uh, right? Yeah. And that always stuck with me. Then I got a call from my parents and said that he passed. He had a heart attack on the back porch reading the Bible, mm. and that's how he passed. I was my first year in yeah. Arizona. My Man. first training camp. Yeah. Can you see kids? Can you see it in kids now that you're on the coaching side and the recruiting side that you're like, that one, that one can do it. Like that one can go to the the league. You know, I have an interesting story. Um, my, my guy, Daniel Jones, plays with uh, the New York Giants mm-hmm. with six pick. Overall pick, the quarterback. I coached him. I was the quarterback coach when he was at Latin. Okay. And he wanted to play basketball. And that's all he talked about was, I'm a basketball player. I'm a basketball player. And uh, the, the head coach was saying that as well. And I've never met him. At this point, I haven't met him. So when he came through the door, um, I was like, whoa, 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 you, proto- you prototype. Like he was 6'2", nice-sized kid. Got a rocket for an arm, and he's the most humble person in the world. He fits the NFL quarterback title as a sophomore uh, in high school. He didn't see it because he didn't know. Yeah. All he knew was this school played good basketball. I'm the best player on the basketball team. Uh, you know? Yeah. And so we talked, and I was like, all right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Because it was, it was a fight. Yeah. Like I was like, we're gonna get here 30 minutes before practice. We're gonna watch film. I'll just show you coverages. You you're not gonna need that the whole time you were in high school. 
But when you go on to college to play, he was like, I'm playing basketball, coach. I said, no, it's a lot of basketball players your height yeah. that actually play point guard, not the four. So did he play football too in basketball? Basketball or he and just football. Played? No, okay. basketball and football. All right, he was but a quarterback you saw it. and a starting. No, oh, the you. first time he threw a ball, I told him, I said, "You looks like Chad Pennington." When I first met Chad, and Chad was a sophomore in college when I first met him. Okay, this kid was a sophomore in Latin, mm. and I and he, I told his dad that, and he's like, "Oh God, this guy, new coach in town, he, uh, you know." So I challenged Daniel. Uh-huh. To a game of basketball. And I beat the brakes off of him. Yeah. And I told him, I said, and you probably looked at me like I'm an old man. Yeah. I said, basketball, is, it's different. But football, that's your calling, man. Your leader. Everybody, everywhere you go, people comes around and they always want to talk to him. Like he have to say, oh, I got to go in. I got to. He have to say that for whatever reason, they gravitate to him. And so moving fast forward, Coach, Coach Poole, Duke want me to gray shirt. I said, you gray shirt down there, you'll, you'll start for four years. He didn't last four because he left early. Started oh. for three years with Duke and went on to okay. get drafted. So, and another kid, um, uh, Keith Brent, we call him KJ. Uh-huh. KJ Brent was at Marvin. When I left, um, coaching over NFL Europe, I came here. I helped out with, I helped out with um, Marvin, and um, I seen that kid, six three, long, never drop a football. I said, oh wow, and I started working with him and seeing him. I said, oh, he's gonna play in the league. Yeah, he played with Oakland, played with Tampa Bay, and finished with the Colts. You know, so it's you know, and you can't, we can't look at it as. Just because he's tall, just because he can jump. Every it's a lot of people tall and can jump. Yeah. And you know, shoot, if you go over here to um, Enterprise, off five twenty one. Yeah. They got a, a a young man working in there that's about six seven. You know. Yeah. So you know, it's a lot of people that's tall, but their movement. It's your movement. Uh-huh. When you are so smooth at what you do, like a wide receiver, he was smooth. Quarterback. Man, he'll throw that football about 65 yards, and he wouldn't break a sweat, you know. And so you run into those type of kids, and you see them, and, you know, you out like Georgia. That's one of my best recruiting areas. That's where I get my best talent from, Okay. right? Gwinnett County, Georgia. It's ridiculous, right? You go in there, and these coaches is selling these kids to what they think our program is instead of showing us D1. D1 AA, D2, because you think he's a D2 kid, I may think he can start for me, mm. you know? But these high school coaches, they'll just send you, they'll they'll give you a list of guys that they think can play for you. Now I'm on this end, because I was a D2 at Wingate, as a Division II program. Now I'm at this FCS, this D1 program. Now I see how these coaches do it. Okay. I come in with my Wingate coach, I mean, buddy, Yeah. he give him a sheet. I come in at North Carolina A&T, he gives me a sheet. Not one name the same. And it's all because of that high school coach who he thinks. Who thinks he knows what you're looking for. Yeah. Mm. So it makes our job hard. But, but you, you know, from your, you know, your question was, 
could we, you know, could I see? Uh, it's it sticks out like a thumb. Yeah, it sticks out like a thumb. You know, and, and you you try not to. I shared that with Daniel because he's a humble guy. Mm-hmm. I shared that with KJ because he's a hardworking kid. He works his butt off. Both of them work their butt off, and that's the these other guys that I thought that they can do yeah. it and, and some went on to do it I would never tell them because their head was the size of the boom, room boom all of a sudden they're at the bank you know what I'm saying yeah, they was walking through the bank and they still in high school mm. you know so um, you know but you can see it coaches can see it coaches can see it and, and, and all for nothing you know what you want as a coach because yeah. you're I'm, I'm the wide receiver coach I'm not the offensive coordinator I know what the offensive coordinator want on the outside yeah so when I go in there you know, I need me a slot guy, okay? I need me someone six foot. And, okay? and that's, what you, that's what I go. That's what I go. Someone six foot that got some movement, right? Got some lateral movement, okay? On the outside, I need somebody six one and up. I need some taller guys because we throw a lot of back shoulder. You know, we do different things. So you be a great player. I come in there at North Carolina AT, you don't work for me, regardless of who you are, how good you are. You don't work for me. Duke come in behind me and give you a full ride. So, you know, telling kids, because I talk to all the kids. Yeah. If I when I go to recruit and the kids are just standing around, I play, like, hey, what grade you in? How did you do last year? You know, what are you what what are your plans? Like I all I ask everybody that. And I talk to them because, you know, maybe I say something to that kid to get him going because a college coach talk to him yeah because when gunner talked to me it was way different than my head coach talking to me you know what i mean yeah. I, I mean i've been seeing you for since i played jb like not even jb pop warner used to come to games i've been seeing you forever this guy's college <laughs> oh, you know it's a big difference yeah. you know so and that's why i speak to these kids yeah. i speak to them they, they probably i leave there they don't probably only know i had an ante or a wingate sign yeah. on my on my chest you yeah. know so did um, what makes you know this is an interesting little question? What do you got? Ooh, we're like we're like jamming. We went over an hour. You fine. You you fine. What fine. um? So what makes a good football team? One that wins. What and and I know that this can be a discussion for hours. But but you look at um. And I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. But you look at the Patriots. Mm-hmm. The Patriots. Are rolling, right? Belichick studies there. Da, da, da. Brady leaves Tampa Bay. Boom. Tampa Bay wins. Patriots don't even make the playoffs. Like, what do it can't be just one person, can it? Or can it be one person now, that it, brings everybody? Yeah. Now that 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 and you brought up New England, obviously. <sighs> that is that because of what happened last year. You know, mm-hmm. that man leaves an organization. A yep. winning, structured, it seemed like that, that New England can't do nothing wrong. They, mm-hmm. I mean, me and you could have played for them. Belichick was going to find a way that yep. me and you fit in yep. that team's what they're doing, right? Or what you do good, he's just putting you in for that. Even if it's 38 plays a season, if what you do good is what they need for 38 plays, same thing, right? So, personally, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Players win games. Yeah. I don't care what your scheme look like. I don't care who your coach is. Players win. Belichick has been the number two to Brady. 
mm. since Brady started under that center. It's it's amazing how your quarterback. You notice ain't nobody ever said they don't want to play with Brady. Yeah. When no. they leave there, it's because them and Belichick didn't get along. Mm. Because they, you know, coaches try to make machines out of everybody instead of letting them be them, right? Yeah. Tom said last year on um, one of the shows, he said that it feel good to be free. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, because he played like a third-string quarterback. I got can't give Tom. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. So I can't give Tom. I can't say third string. He played like a second string quarterback his last year in New England. Yeah. 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 He leaves. You know, it. it you know, it was, people can argue. Yep. That if Tom was Tom, they would have went further in the play. You know, in his last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Tampa gets him. And oh, where yep. you go? Tom is. It's the Tom show. And and. Now, let's don't be surprised. It's two in a row. That's the only thing he hasn't did as an NFL quarterback. The only thing he hasn't did is move and get back. I mean, come on. It's coming. You know, and I think, I think, I think, I think that coaches, a lot of coaches make it about them, mm-hmm. right? It's all about the players. It's all about the players. It's a grown man. This is a job for them. They're not out there running, you know, running the streets, not, you know, not prepared. No, they're not that way. Not, not a, the, the, the worst team in the NFL is not, no, them players is not that way. They're taking care of their body. They're yeah. doing that. They're, they just not a good team together. Mm. Your quarterback, the teams they win. Look at the quarterbacks, the team that wins. Now. Yeah. It's quarterback play. If you have a back, when 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 you know, I think Jamie Winston's gonna be a good player sometime down the line, right? When he was with Tampa and he threw for all those yards and he threw all those picks, then he went to New Orleans, and Tom came to Tampa. Yeah, man, I was telling everybody that's a Super Bowl, and then the defense start picking it up mid-season for Tampa. Yeah, and then they signed twenty-two starters back. I mean, I, I've been watching and playing in the NFL for, uh, you know, a while. Yeah. This ain't never happened. Yeah. Especially not with a goat. Right. Now that's, and, that, and that guy is different. I can't wait. I can't wait till he come out and he sit in front of a camera and he talks about him. Yeah. Not what we want to hear because Tom is Tom. Yeah, he's a, he's he, you know we see the the neat towel, the red shoes, the high high top shoes, the long release. Look, he's so tall and long that he's handing the ball to the receiver sixty yards away. Yeah, you know we see the accurate quarterback. I want to know who Tom is, cause God, you did me wrong. <sighs> if that's Tom, yeah, cause I mean, together neat. If he get dirty. It's a problem because he leaves the game untouched. Yeah, he does. Untouched. So, uh, I think it's I think I think it's Tom. Like, I think it's yeah. the players. I don't I don't. That's because my argument is Belichick. You you didn't have Tom before. Yeah. Tom only had you, and yeah. y'all won all those rings, and then he left you, 
and then he won another one. I mean, I you know what they say? What those saying? People lie, numbers don't. Yeah, yeah. It's you know that that was interesting because you were you're trying to figure this out and and uh, it's true. I feel like the coaches are there, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're a coach. I'm not a coach, but you're like you're like gathering these guys up. Just just like this is how you're gonna do it, and this is how we're gonna mm-hmm. do it, and this is what I need out of you. But then once they get on the field, that's them. They yeah. gotta own it. They gotta make it happen. It, it's it's not a bad play call. Now, you you can you can you know call a timeout. You can you know you can. Not challenge as a coach, you can sub, mm-hmm. which we've seen since we're talking about New England. We've seen with Belichick takes um, what's the DB out? Butler takes him out. Yeah, playoff game, which he was leading your team in a lot of categories. Yeah, categories, and you took him out. So as a coach, you can lose it that way, right? Yeah, but winning the game. Yeah, because I can call slant. Like, prime example, Seattle. Mm-hmm. One of New England's Super Bowl wins. Yep. Yeah. Butler. I think yep. Butler intercepted the ball. Actually, yeah. wasn't it Butler to intercept that ball? I can't remember. Was it Butler? But he intercepted that ball. It was Butler. Yeah. Be. So Butler intercept, intercepts that ball, right? That wasn't a bad play call. It wasn't a bad play call. That yeah. wasn't Coach's fault, right? Yeah. The player wins and lose the game. Yeah. If that receiver would have went flat like we talked to do on that play, that's like football one-on-one, you flat to win. You're flattest to flattest. That receiver drifted back and gave that kid a chance to cut across to his face for the interception. But the naked eye, what is coach doing? Now, I wouldn't have ran. I wouldn't have threw the ball to Randy, but that's yeah. coach's deal. But the player is in position to make the play he should have made that play he should have made that play yeah you know people and that's why you know you know you got you know which i'm super duper fan of one of my favorite receivers ever to play is chris carter Mm -hmm. he talks on a lot of shows i was waiting for him to say that this young man should have went flat yeah but it was everybody's talking about the call should have ran it should have did this yeah who know you try to run it you get behind center, snap the ball, the ball fumble, then you pick the ball. Who who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. But I know what happened on that play. Uh, it should have been an easy touchdown. It's funny because I didn't I don't see all that. And most yeah. anybody doesn't see all that. They see why did they throw it? Yes. Why didn't they run it? They were mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Boom. You know. And I'm not big on numbers. Yeah. A lot a lot of those analytics, a lot of that 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 forced a pass yeah the analytics the numbers yeah say they're gonna be in an eagle look i mean six two look they're gonna mm-hmm. close they're gonna be tight every gap is gonna be tight yep throw the ball i'm 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 not as a coach you know because one day i am gonna be an offensive coordinator yeah i would like to ah that. that was my lead in oh i'm like, sorry that's all right okay but, but yeah. i was wondering like what what's your what's your next Mm-hmm. All right. I What's would like to be I would like to be a college offensive coordinator. Okay. Okay. The big picture for me though mm-hmm. is having my own room in the National Football League. Yeah. Whether it's a special team position guy or assistant special team coach 
receiver coach, you know, wherever it, whatever, whatever, yeah. you know, I would like to do that because it's a lot of nuggets that, you know, I know Yeah. that a lot of guys that I go to these seminars, I go to these coaching clinics and I'm talking power five receiver coaches have no idea. Like they have no idea. And I'm, you know, you share stuff with people, but you don't, yeah. you, know, you don't really share it with them. Right. You know, you tell them things and like, okay, well, coach, what about this? How, how you feel about this? Not how, how I, I would do it. Yeah. But like, coach, how you feel about getting off press inside or head up or just motioning? How you feel about your motioning? Yeah. Getting the receiver to motion under control. So if a receiver like Ramsey, when you go in motion, they'd be like, you can't press a guy going in motion. Ramsey for the for the Rams? Oh, he don't care. He's yeah. a super superstar. So, you know, how you feel about that? You know, so I get people's how they feel about it. And yeah. I'm like, mm, okay. So are you doing so so that's that's the goal. That's yes. your mm -hmm. um and, and this could be a, a, an entirely different podcast, but when when positions like that open up, are there recruiters out there that, just like a player, they're recruiting coaches? Yeah, that's a good and, good question. Yeah. Because people don't know that when you're coaching college, now, the D2 level, D3 levels, I can go and do stuff myself. Mm -hmm. But just like when I play, like right now, I'm looking. Like I'm talking to agents. I'm talking to coaching agents. Okay. Right now. So yep. that's where I'm at with it. You know, um you have you you have to have that because they hear about positionings opening for anybody. Yeah. You know. So um so I'm 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 fighting right now with a couple of dudes that I'm thinking about using but it's hard yeah. because you look on their resume and they have so many receiver coaches. You don't want to go down that street because these receiver coaches, and they're older, but still they're 16 years, 12 years in. Then you go over here, he don't have no receiver coach, but he ain't got that many clients either. Yeah. So you're like, uh, you know, man. maybe they want a younger coach to come in and, yeah, you know, spice it up. I don't know, you know, yeah. spice it up. But so I'm, I'm kind of – um on the fence with you know who which way I'm gonna go. Or yeah. But I do I do know that on on these levels you have to have that. Okay. You know you're not gonna go into it yourself thinking you can you know whittle in there and get in there. Now if you like, um, I'd say Nick. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Nick name speaks for itself. I'm sure he can say I don't know agent. What I need an agent for? Yeah. Everybody's calling me. You know. But agent, you know, age. You want your agent to work for you and yeah, and do those things. So what do you do? What do you do off the field? What does Nate do in his free time? What do you like to do? Well, what I like to do mm -hmm. is play basketball. Okay? okay, that's what I like to do. But um, it's just not like it used to be. The Y's is not like it. The YMCA's. The, yeah. You know, I think someone told me Lifetime Fitness get a group over. They be over there playing, you know, Lifetime Fitness okay. they're playing uh, basketball. But what I do now uh -huh. is golf. Are you golfing? And I am addicted to golf. I never in a million years would have. The last two years, uh huh. oh, my goodness, I have been trying to golf. Uh. I am, I would tell you my number, but I don't. Yeah. It ain't that. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> So I shot a 97 the last time out. Okay. Before then, 
uh, last year, this time last year, I was 115. I played nine the other day and shot a 37. Mm. Were you like? Dropped the mic. Okay. Out. Yeah. But that's the hardest thing I've ever did in my life. It's golf. Like, and, I, and I done played sports sports now. I done played every sport. I done played a lot of sports. I done hit baseballs. I done did a lot of things. Golf. Unbelievable. I, I love that you don't get the same shot. I love that it is so you have to sit there and really think about your grip, your a lot of stuff. I'm and I'm 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 new to it. Like I'm at the point now that I'm about to get lessons. Okay. I was, you know, self-taught, just hitting the ball and, you know, figuring out my club. Now I'm at the point now that I feel like I will get something out of lessons because, I mean, man, I, I shot that 37. You couldn't tell me anything, anything. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it, so shot the 37. It's a humbling sport. Yeah. Shot the 37. Went out there, actually, yesterday, uh, uh -huh. a, uh, North Carolina A&T, as an athletic staff, they have a tour. Every Thursday, the um, compliance officer, he sends out an email. You don't know where you're going to play. He sent it out Thursday morning, and then you go over there. You play nine holes. Bogies, a point. Par and eagles, obviously, are points. Okay. So one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, so um, I went out there. I got one point, and I shot a 56. Oh, my God. So... Um, I'm still learning. Oh, my God. But I love it. And when you talk to Nev, be like, you think Nate playing golf today? Watch what she said. Well, she's going to have a whole whole story for you. You may need to sit her in front of the mic because she's going to have a whole. When I'm outside at night, 11, 12 at night, gripping oh and just swinging, getting my swing, my form down. Oh, it's unbelievable. 11 and 12 at night? Night, night? Yeah. When you should be sleeping? Excuse me? Sleep. Yes. Sleep. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You if I'm up, obsessed. if I'm up, and now and, and, and it's really bad in Greensboro in my apartment. That's really bad. <laughs> I got mats, nets, got a net up, got a mat, got the wolf of balls. Yeah. Oh, I'm swinging that. <laughs> I don't remember the last day I even put that golf club in my hand. It's been about two years ago. I, I had it in earlier today. Did you? Mm -hmm. Just does, does Nev play? No. Nah, she. Uh. -uh. Mm -mm. uh one of my buddies told her that um, uh, one of one of a friend of the family got his wife a set, and we the four of us was talking, and she his wife was all about it. Uh -huh. And then I asked his wife, I said, "Have you ever played sports?" She said, "No." I said, "Oh, okay." Yeah, they bought them clubs for nothing. Nothing. You already know what that's going to be. Yeah. You know, and she ain't been out there. She said, I'm not, I haven't even swung the clubs yet. I, we got them. And I said, mm-hmm. It ain't fun. Mm -mm. You know, because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. You know, it look easy. Yeah. <sighs> and people make it look easy. Oh, man. But some, it's hard. You know, I, I got all respect for all golf. They ranks up there. Yeah. Since I've been playing golf. Yeah, I rank the golfers up there as the best in the world. I can't. There's no other sport that I can say that I can't. I can get out there and in baseball, I can bunt mm -hmm. and probably make it to first base. You yeah. know, 
in my prime. Yeah. You know, make it to first base, right? Button, drag button, all that stuff, right? You're not going to luck up and win no major. Uh-uh. You're not going to luck up because it's an individual deal. So you're not going to luck up. Yeah. And think, I'm going to luck up and hit a couple balls. I'm, I'm going to get on the score, the, uh, the um, scoreboard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the leaderboard. No, you're not going to do none of that with golf. You ain't just going to come out. Yeah. Like, I can come out and hold a bat and put it to a ball. Hitting that ball 525 yeah, yards yeah. away. Yeah. And it's a par five. <laughs> and time and timing and grip and feel. And club. And, oh, it's, yeah. You know, it was do, do, you, do you golf wrong? A little bit. Oh, Once man, a we, year. We got, we got to get out. We All got right. to get out. All I, right. I, I, th I think it's the fun. I, and I told you where I'm at with it, and I think it's the fun. Okay. Sport. I need you on your 56 day. I need you well, on I'm your 56. I'm definitely shooting for that 37 now. That's I know. One thing, that's one thing. I'm definitely shooting for the 37. I haven't swung my driver, though. I'm all three wood. Off the okay. Tee. Haven't got to the driver. Haven't got to the driver. So. See, you're smart play because you're working. So I just, you, you, you want to get in there, and uh, I always want to just, Rip it and rip it. And it's the worst thing you can ever do. And once you start slowing that swing down, they're doing this and finesse and mental. It's all mental. Oh, mental. Um, then when you when you get those sweet shots and you get those nice shots and you get that 37, mm. you're like, I'm I'm coming back for more. I'm coming back for more. 37 to a 56. Woo. Humbling, humbling, very, and oh man, I was so upset too. Yeah. Like, look, like I haven't been shooting 56s though. I'm like, reality. Yeah. That 37 on fire. Yeah. That, then at 49, 48, reality. Reality. You know, so. Yeah. Well, listen. This was awesome. Oh, thanks. For thanks, man. Me. I I appreciate you coming in. I learned a lot and uh, it was it was nice to get another you know sense of the game and coming up yeah. and just life kind of yeah. as a player and and I really appreciate this it was awesome thank you thank yeah. you thank you for having me Rob all appreciate right it. see you buddy see you later bye